Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. From the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this is Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan today, unfortunately. He has the day off. He has uh, professional obligations. Uh, He mentioned a little bit on Tuesday uh, he is a professor at a local university, so he uh, has a presentation today, actually. He, uh, he had the opportunity to go and get certified for something very important in his uh, his theatrical craft uh, this last couple of months, and he has to present on it today to uh, a select group of people at the school. So a very exciting opportunity for him to, uh, to serve out one of his passions, uh, which is acting. So uh, he will be missed today, but... Uh, in order to make up for his absence, we have to bring on three different guests today to keep uh, keep it kind of you know real. Basically, it's like all right, no Simon Provan, but we'll have to make it up by having three people replace him. So Simon, that's how much it takes to replace you and your uh, your ever wonderful analysis and excitement that you bring to our show. So uh, those three guests today are going to be appearing on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Uh, we'll have Melissa Henderson of the Houston Dash in our second segment. Jess McDonald of the Western New York Flash will be here in our third and longtime friend of the show. Chris Blakely of Vavil USA, one of the lead editors over there, will be joining us in our fourth segment. If you, of course, want to get involved with the action, you can uh, tweet at us at 2UpFrontSoccer, the number 2, of course, at Baxter Colburn. Simon's not here, but you can still tweet at him, of course, at Simon Provan. Drop us an email, 2upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, as we do broadcast live on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, we'd love to hear from you, the listener, as well. All right, a lot of great things to get to uh, on our show today. Uh, if you ever do miss a show, of course, head over to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. Time for the kick around, brought to you by Too Much Metal for One Hand, a very exciting sponsor that we always enjoy uh, having uh, be involved with our show a lot of different things that we could talk about in the soccer world. Of course, the Champions League is going on. MLS Cup is, of course, on Saturday. There's so many different ways that you could go. But the first thing I want to talk about uh, does involve Champions League. I want to just, you know, the Champions League group stages uh, are finishing up. Uh, they are completely finished now. There was games back uh, on the 6th and on the 7th, respectively, so Tuesday, Wednesday. The group winners have been announced. You know, we know the teams that are officially Going through the, uh, the 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 round of 16 draw will take place on on uh, Monday, 
Uh, so that's going to be an exciting time. Of course, being an Arsenal fan, I've already decided that we're going to be playing Barcelona, which means we're going to lose. So thanks for nothing. It's been a great year. But uh, no, Arsenal's got a good chance. Obviously, they took down Basel 4-1 uh, back on the 6th. Barcelona took out uh, Mönchengladbach 4-0. Uh, the PSG Ludogrins 2-2 draw. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, Man City and Celtic, a 1-1 draw. Some folks may or may not have uh, called that. That's kind of an interesting uh, shake-up from that one. Uh, Bayern Munich took down Atletico Madrid 1-0 in their game on Tuesday. Uh, the game, though, that a lot of folks um, were really uh, active on social media talking about uh, was that Borussia Dortmund-Real Madrid game yesterday. Uh, folks were saying, well, if Real Madrid wins the game, uh, they win the group. You know, very... Very straightforward. A draw or a loss, of course, uh, in required then that uh, Borussia Dortmund would then win said group. And that is exactly what ended up taking place. Borussia Dortmund uh, would end up getting the draw after Real Madrid uh, led 2-1 to one in the match, but they were able to fight back and tie the game 2-2, two two, ultimately, ultimately winning the group uh, from Real Madrid, who was very excited and hopeful to take the group, but that is not how it shook out for them this time. So you look at across the groups, uh, you know, you've got your Group A winner is Arsenal. Group B, uh, you've got PSG is the runner-up. Napoli wins Group B. Benfica is the runner-up. Barcelona and Manchester City, 1-2 and two in Group C. Atletico Madrid, Bayern Munich, 1-2 in Group D. Monaco and Bayer Leverkusen in Group E, 1-2. Borussia Dortmund, the winner, of course, we just mentioned in Group F. Real Madrid, uh, the runner-up in that group. Uh, Leicester City, they got pounded by Porto 5-0 yesterday, uh, but they still win the group, uh, and Porto finishes second. And then Juventus uh, wins Group H, and Sevilla is the runner-up in Group H. One thing that's been swirling around with the Champions League, people have been actually talking a lot more about Borussia Dortmund, saying, look, this is a high-quality team. They know uh, what they're doing. They're much more of a midfield-centered you know, team. Uh, you've got... You know, uh, guys that are stepping up to make the plays. And one guy that continues to get talked about a lot in the U.S. media, for good reason, is Christian Pulisic. We, uh, we, we know a lot about Christian Pulisic. We know what he's capable of doing. Uh, for those that are men's national team fans, you've seen him probably play more than once. And you've seen, oh boy, at least more than one or two different national talking heads freak out about him saying he could be the next this or the next that but realistically i mean let's be honest christian pulisic is much farther ahead in his career at this point than he is you know than landon donovan was or other guys like clint dempsey and eric winalda and all those other guys so pulisic is in a is in a class of his own there's still a lot that has to be decided about him i myself have been a uh, a critic of him and i i'm coming around to it simon is fairly on board with christian pulisic I I'm pretty pretty much on board with it. I think I I want to I want to see a little bit more from him. I'm a I'm a big component of those one hit wonder kind of people. That are like, look, they had a good year. Can they do it again? You know, look at Cam Newton last season in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. He's been next to quiet in 2016. So it's uh it's an ebb and flow and soccer is a game of consistency and if you're not consistent you're never going to win so uh but one thing surrounding christian pulisic specifically um is the fact that there is a 30 million dollar transfer rumor circling around the young 18 year old he uh he played in all six of dortmund's group f games which i think is crazy he started five he started last night at the bornabao uh, against real madrid which some folks thought was just absolutely incredible but uh if, if pulisic were to actually make the move, it looks like Liverpool is the team that is making uh, the big $30 million transfer fee, according to the Daily Mail. 
so we're not exactly sure. We, we do know, though, that there was uh, rejected transfer offers of $12 million last year uh, for, from Liverpool. Uh, $30 million maybe it seems like a little bit much, but at the same time, is it, though? He's a young, quality player that has been playing at the highest level possible and succeeding not only in the Bundesliga, which most would say is probably the second best league in the world outside of the Premier League, and then you also have him succeeding in the Champions League, starting five out of six games against high-quality opponents and actually contributing to the matches. It's not like he's just on the field running around waywardly for 90 minutes. He is actually getting assists. He's actually being a part of you know those attacking plays in the final third and really starting to make a little bit of a name for himself in Europe. We know who he is in the United States, but in Europe, people are starting to say, oh, this Pulisic kid, who is he? He's from Pennsylvania. What is Pennsylvania? You know, people... You know, in Europe, I'm sure they are a little bit more cultured than that. But you get what I'm saying, though. People are starting to realize that, oh, an American is actually doing really well in in Europe. And that doesn't happen very often. And sometimes the European soccer world doesn't like that. So it's kind of cool to see uh, a a United States uh, men's national team player, only 18 years of age, not only be rumored for a $30 million transfer to uh, Liverpool, you know, Jurgen Klopp and company, uh, definitely doing very well in the Premier League this season, uh, but adding a guy like Pulisic would be great as well too. But then, of course, then the question goes, well, how much would he play? Does he have the better opportunity to stay in Dortmund and still play at a high level? But the Premier League is kind of that end-all, be-all. That's why it's called the Premier League. It's as high as you can possibly go at the club level. And uh, if you have the opportunity to play for any team in the Premier League, I think it's virtually worth it, honestly. I mean, I think that why not? You get to play against the the world's best players week in and week out. So we'll see uh, if he makes the move. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts about that. At Baxter Colburn on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer, if you think Christian Pulisic should stay or should he go uh, come the Jan- January transfer window. Now, one of the things that has been uh, the forefront of a lot of news recently has to do with uh, expansion in Major League Soccer. We know Don Garber loves to talk expansion because that means more money going into his bank account, regardless if he actually says that or not. We all know that that kind of uh, is the general idea of what ends up taking place. But two more teams uh, announcing that they are making huge bids to get into MLS. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rowdies from the NASL and the Carolina Railhawks have rebranded to North Carolina FC, have also announced that they would like to get into MLS as well. North Carolina makes a lot of sense. It's a very large soccer hub, more so for women's soccer. Uh, North Carolina FC is also having NWSL uh, aspirations also, so we will get the opportunity to you know maybe see an NWSL team down there in the next couple of years, which I think would be fantastic. I think North Carolina is a perfect uh, state for the NWSL. From an MLS perspective, potentially, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, why not? More the merrier at this point. Uh, I think you need to f- figure out what that cap number is because for a while Garber was like, we're going to do 20 teams, now we're going to do 24 teams, now maybe we'll go to 28 teams. You continue to add more teams, the promotion relegation birds are going to continue to squawk and squawk and squawk and say, we want promotion relegation. So you got to think about that. Be careful, that, you know, Garber, the more teams you add, the more times you're going to get people howling at you for promotion relegation. And this would be interesting too if Carolina and Tampa both come into MLS, that would mean that somebody in the Eastern Conference right now would have to get bumped probably uh, into the uh, Western Conference, and probably Columbus or Chicago would be my guess, would probably get the bump. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure from a geographical sp- perspective uh, who that player would be. So uh, either way, the, or not player, rather, that uh, team would be, honestly. So, uh, you, you know, there's a couple of different things, obviously, with, with MLS expansion. I think it's good Tampa Bay uh, was a part of, uh, you know, the original uh, MLS back in the day, or back when they were originally, you know, there was the, you know they, uh, Miami, I guess, was, and you had the teams, you know, earlier on that were playing really well. Simon's obviously more the historian than I am in that situation, but uh, I think Tampa Bay would be a good uh, a good following. They've got a beautiful stadium rendering that they have up, and they're using the uh, the hashtag uh, MLS to St. Pete. So I think that uh, from a Florida perspective, you've already got Orlando. Miami's kind of started working it out with David Beckham. FC and all that stuff, so we'll see what happens with that. So, uh, either way, though, uh, some great stuff coming up for you. I'm excited to have Melissa Henderson, Jess McDonald, and Chris Blakely all join us on the program. So, we're going to step to a break. When we come back, Melissa Henderson will be with us. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented three by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us. Inside the Attention Era Media Studios, it's two up front presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Culver. No Simon Provan today. He is off for the day, but he'll be back next Tuesday, and then he'll be off again next Thursday, though. He's uh, he's got another surgery well, that he's got taken place that he's got to get taken care of, uh, some some things here and there that have got to get worked out. But uh, I guess that's what happens uh, as you... He's a very active person, so i got to make sure that the body is staying in top shape uh, as best as he can. So uh, we are going to move on without him, but uh, as a reminder, of course, that if you ever want to interact with Simon or myself on social media, you can get us at Baxter Colburn and at Simon Provan as well on Twitter. All right, time for the first interview of the day. We always love when we have the opportunity to bring on players to hear their perspective about you know their, their league they play in, the teams they play for, their career as a whole. And uh, we've had several players on from the Houston Dash before, Rachel Daly, Denise O'Sullivan, and Lydia Williams, and Ellie Brush, and many others. And now we get to add to our arsenal by welcoming Melissa Henderson to the program on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Melissa, good afternoon. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, we were talking off the air. I am freezing, and apparently you are also. Uh, <laughs> I need you to say it again so I know that you aren't lying to me. How cold is it in Houston right now? Yeah, it's coming to the 20s. There's a cold front oh coming in. That's supposed gosh. to be hitting right now through the evening. I know. In Texas. Pretty crazy. No kidding. You were you were telling me, you're like, oh, it's cold. And I'm like, okay, people in Texas are probably freaking out because it's below 70 degrees. And you're like, no, it's 20. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm originally from Florida, so similar situation. Anytime it's below like 65 to 70 degrees, I'm, I'm freaking out and, you know, running to my, my coat jacket, basically. It's, 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 it's crazy. <laughs> but... Uh, Either way, I, I'm I'm inside a warm studio. You sound like you're inside someplace warm, also. So hopefully we can uh, we can avoid the cold for at least a little while if we're if it's possible. But uh, uh, I want I, wa- I want to talk about uh, your your 2016 season uh, for the Houston Dash to to open up the interview. Uh, you yourself were a little back and forth, obviously throughout the season, um, but you you did get the opportunity to get on the field a couple of times, and and Houston uh, was 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 decent, I think. That's the best way I think you can really kind of describe Houston. They've got the players, uh, and my, myself and Simon have said that on the show before, too. You guys have the players to be successful, but it just it didn't all line up for you guys in 2016. But from your perspective, now that the season's done and been over with for a couple of months, you know, what was your perspective of how 2016 worked out for you? Um, I think that, obviously, it didn't go as expected uh, for us or how anybody else kind of um, portrayed it going. Um, however, I do think, you know, we, we have some amazing, tremendous, talented players and um, a coaching staff and organization that's dedicated to um, developing players, developing our play, and making sure that they're putting us in a position to do well. Um, so, obviously, it did not go as planned, and there are a few tweaks that um, have been already made this off season, whether it be um, players or organizational. There's been a lot of tweaks that have allowed us to kind of move forward and, and plan for um, a successful season in 2017. I think Houston did have a couple of bright spots, of course, regardless of only winning a handful of games. I'm sure many folks would point right to, you know, Kelia Ojai, of course, for all of her goals. Talk a little bit about from your perspective of seeing her just kind of surge out of out of the darkness. We know, obviously, for those that really followed her, that she was a great player and, can, and is a fantastic player even to now. But for those that were kind of watching the season as a whole and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, who is this player scoring goals left and right? Uh, was it? What was the feeling, I guess, at the Dash Camp to see her continue to just have this huge surge of, of success the entire season? Um, honestly, just excitement. I think every single one of us knew her capabilities. And um, I mean, I've been saying it for years. She should be, you know, with the U.S. national team. And, and she's pure, proved that now that she's even gotten the opportunity. So, um, I think just proud of her and just um, her persistence and, and her dedication to becoming a better player and, and taking the team on her back and, and kind of trying to get us back on track to scoring goals and, and being successful. Well, speaking of the U.S. national team, too, Melissa, you had the opportunity to be a part of uh, a national team camp back in 2011. Uh, to my knowledge, you haven't had any opportunities since that point. Has there has there been any conversation at all uh, with Jill Ellis or any of the other managers over the last couple of seasons to potentially bring you back at all? Um, honestly, right now, I'm I'm kind of in a different place in my life. I mean, I'm playing because I love the game, I love my teammates, and, and I love the sport. Um, but honestly, I'm playing for um, for the Lord, the one um, the one that I'm serving. So, 
so I haven't really been in conversations with that, and I don't I don't really know what he has um, lined up for my future. Um, but right now, I'm just focused on the Houston Dash and trying to be an influence there, um, the best of my ability. And I will say this too, Melissa. I, one of the things that people know that if they listen to our show is that um, our faith is very important to us on Two Upfront as well too. I mean, it's even part of our tagline as well too. But we, you know being able to see players and coaches and anybody in the mainstream sports world be open about their faith I think is always a positive thing and and I I have the opportunity to to follow you on social media a little bit as well too you and I are friends on Facebook and a lot of that other stuff and I I've noticed recently you've started doing um Facebook live uh devotionals I'm I'm curious to get your your thoughts about that and um what what inspired you to do that cuz I think that's fantastic Oh thank you um I don't know I feel like um the Lord speaks to us in so many ways, and that was um, one thing that I really felt that He um, put heavily on my heart. And I think that there's so many things that we go through in life, and it doesn't even have to be sports-related, but um, just throughout our careers and, and our setbacks and, and stuff like that, that people can relate to, and people, mm-hmm. um, they want answers, or they need um, a sense of healing. And, and I really just wanted to do it as um, a whole, just to reach out to anybody who has the feelings I have or have has other anxieties that, you know, they're kind of looking for answers for it and just kind of providing that, you know, the one and only counselor is the counselor um, to help you with your problems and to seek you through it and, and just kind of continue to help people um, find faith and, and find that in, in Jesus Christ. So um, I just I just want to utilize my platform to the best of my ability to um, to try to glorify him in any way I can. Well, I think that's absolutely fantastic and remarkable, too. You don't hear a lot of professional athletes be so open and honest about their faith, and especially like someone like yourself that's fairly well-known, of course, across the women's game. So I, I, I highly applaud you for that, and you know, I'm excited to continue to see where that takes you. Um, as, as you look forward, I, I personally didn't know this, and I'm, I'm a little bit newer advocate to the women's game uh, over the last couple of years, uh, and I was preparing to have you on the show today, I didn't realize that you had retired and then came back. For for me and for those that maybe didn't know uh, the circumstances behind that, first of all, it's great to have you back. So thank you for coming back to the soccer world. It's it's good to have a talented player like thank yourself you, back. Yeah. But talk me through retirement. Why, why retire so young and then decide, just kidding, I'm going to come back and play again? <laughs> um, I know, joke's on me. Well, I kind of saw it as... Um, I was retiring because I just, I felt maybe it's time to do what's next, you know, with the league and trying to be financially stable and trying to build what's next in your career. Um, I was like, I had other avenues that I was going to pursue and, and, um, other passions. So I was like, ah, oh, this must be it. This must be, you know, the time to move on and glorify in a different way. And, and I was doing, uh, the war room Bible study and I did that online, um, last year as well. And, I literally just felt the calling as I was in the middle of the study that just called me back to the league and, and to utilize that platform and to be all in and to make sure that I'm, you know, taking part in the community and the organization and being the best teammate that I can be and friend. And um, so it just, I literally felt the, the calling of the Lord. And, and it's so hard to explain, but if you, it's just a rush um of adrenaline and, and you have this faith and, and this just calmness and peace over your decision. And, and I, I literally called Randy um, in the middle of, of my Bible study and I was like, Randy, I'm coming back and, and I don't know if you have room for me on the roster or not. I just want to let you know before I let the league know that I'm 100% coming back to the NWSL and I'm 
ready to serve any way that I can. Um, and I, the Lord just put it all together, and there I was within a week back with the Houston Dash signed and, and ready to head to, to, to preseason. So um, it was just a calling coming back and um, just just trying to be obedient um, to the Lord, and, and that's kind of what brought me back. And, and I mean, I'd never look back. I think it's crazy because we always um, try to try to plan our path and um, but he's the one who directs our steps. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one too. It's 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 funny too. God works in mysterious ways, and I I've had that opportunity mm-hmm. a couple of times throughout my life as well too, where it's like, okay, this is my plan, and then God's like, okay, that's funny, Baxter. How about you actually do this instead? And you're like, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 what? That's exactly. completely different than what I had my in my plan. <laughs> Uh, it, it's just crazy though how exactly. that works, and I'm sure from a professional mm-hmm. soccer standpoint too. It's I mean some people will say, well, professional sports is kind of like having a job as a whole too. But being able to, it's it's a little different. I feel like to retire and then come back, mm-hmm. you know, that sometimes puts you under a lot of criticism. It's like, well, she couldn't make up her mind. What if does she gonna play? Does she not want to play? But you know, you you, yeah. you utilize your platform the way you do. To, to be such a light, I think, for so many other people. So I think that that is, that is incredible. You. So now that, you, now that you've you. done everything that you've done and you look ahead to, to next season, what are some of the things you're hoping to accomplish, not only on the field, but um, even just with your, your, your mission, I guess, and your ministry as a whole? Um, well, honestly, you know, on the field, I want to be the best player that I can, um, whether it be, you know, the playing time, being a starter, or even being that teammate that's going to practice so hard and challenge the starters to make them a better player and prepare them for week in and week out of, um, of the competition. But, um, I mean, I think we have a great team going forward, and I think this is going to be a very special season, and um, you can take my word for that now. Um, and that's, that's kind of my on-the-field um, goals is, is just to be the best that I can do and then be in for everyone, including the staff and the community and the organization as well. Um, off the field, I'm super excited. I'm planning to continue my Dash and Tell with Mel, um, just kind of a series of my own tell or kind of show yeah, online yep. to where people can have fun, you know, with the athletes, but also get some information about what they're feeling in the games and stuff like that. Um, and then I'm also going to be doing stuff for the Dynamo and, and doing some of the broadcast journalism for them. Wow. Okay. Um, That's fantastic. So. Yeah, so that's kind of my plans for off the field. Um, I have a passion for for sports and for doing um, broadcast journalism, and, and um, also I'll be doing a, a few um, leading a few youth groups and some churches that are that are close by um, that I've that people have reached out to me to um, serve for, and um, so I'm just super excited. I don't I don't really have exact plans for what he has in store, but. Um, I'm reading kind of in the Bible study I'm doing right now, if it's about not, um, not seeking the opportunity, but seeking God and, and letting the opportunities come to you. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just living life in, um, what God puts in my path, um, taking advantage of and just enjoying every step of the way. Wow. I, I'm from one sports broadcaster to another, Melissa. I'm, I'm excited to see where your career goes, and I, I am wholeheartedly very grateful for you taking the time to jump on two up front today. I, I think that your story needed to be heard, and I hope that the listeners today were able to even take a little something away from it. So from, uh, from one Christian to another, thank you, and I uh, look forward to having you back again on the show soon if it works out. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And again, I appreciate you letting me share my story and just letting me be a part of it. Absolutely. Anytime, Melissa. All right, we are going to run to a break. Uh, When we come back, Jess McDonald of the Western New York Flash is going to be here. I'm going to chat with her a little bit about some of the things she said last time she was on the show and uh, see where she's at now since she uh, has maybe added a piece of silverware or two to her collection since that time. We'll talk to her and uh, do a lot more after that. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan today as we roll along with the program. Special thanks to Melissa Henderson of the Houston Dash for jumping on on that last segment. Great to hear her story and testimony overall as well uh, about uh, being a Christian athlete in the sports world and just hearing about all the amazing things that she is doing. So I wish Simon could have been here for that because I know Simon uh, loves uh, when we have athletes and coaches on too that uh, that share their faith openly like that. Well, one person that we know uh, also is very open about their faith, but uh, also has had some some recent success. Uh, things have changed a little bit since the last time we had her on the show. Uh, is Jess McDonald of the Western New York Flash, and she is here again on the shopfootsall dot com call in line. So, Jess, welcome back to Two Up Front. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to have you back on the show, Jess. On my way to the studio today, I thought I would uh, listen back to the interview with you last time you were on the show because I was like, okay, I'm curious to know what everything, you know, that we we said and we talked about because the season hadn't finished yet and we were still playing the what-if game with Western New York and all that. So now that it's all said and done... um, First of all, congratulations uh, on winning. Um, Thank you. So, is it is it finally is it really set in now? I mean, it's it's a couple months removed, of course, but can you consistently wake up now and be like, "Wow, yeah, we actually did do that. Wow, we actually are the best team in the league." Yeah, most certainly. Um, it's it's just one of those things like your dream literally came true, and it's still sort of unbelievable to a certain extent. But it's also a great feeling waking up knowing that 
you are a champion. So it's yeah. been absolutely incredible. No, I completely agree with you on that one too. I was I was listening back too, and I was like, all right, what's what are some of the questions that I asked her that I can try to ask her again? And uh, I think one of the things that stuck out to me the most is uh, having the conversation with you about you know Western New York Flash not really having a lot of high quality elite players that anybody really knew about. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you and Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis and you know Sabrina D'Angelo all of a sudden are like, and many others are like, okay, enough of this. You know, we're okay players. We're going to be these crazy, huge, amazing players and get national team call ups and score lots of goals and do all this crazy stuff. So has the narrative changed a little bit? Because I certainly think it has. Oh yes, most certainly. Because if you look at us at the beginning of the season and seeing us now being on. The US Women's National Team roster, it just shows you the incredible things that we have all accomplished together, you know, not just as individuals, but also as as a group, as a team. Talk to me about the, the national team, Jess, because we I think a lot of folks were, were excited when Lynn Williams got the call, and we're like, okay, yeah, very deserving, and then all of a sudden we find out a couple of weeks later that you get a chance to go and go into camp and get an opportunity to play in some friendlies, and I know I was excited, I know Simon was excited, and a couple others as well, too, that I'm close with in the soccer world, we're very excited about having you get that opportunity, and we were, we were the first question we had, we're like, well... Is, is just too old because we know that's the, the criticism sometimes placed on players above what even nowadays, 24 or 25 playing at a national team. But you were able to show that you still got it and you can play at the high level. And I, number one, I'm thoroughly excited about that. But I'm curious to get your thoughts about what it was like to be in the trenches and train with those ladies and play in some games and wear the United States jersey. It was it was absolutely incredible and it was it was very comforting coming into camp simply because I knew all the girls going into camp in the first place yeah. which was which sort helps. of a comfort zone for me. Yeah, it, it helped big time. And so it was very welcoming coming from them because you know a lot of them are already my friends and I already know a lot of them personally which was really cool. And so I wasn't coming in as, you know, one of those young players that came in oh my gosh, hey, I'm, I'm in camp with Alex Morgan with that sort of nervous <laughs> feeling, you know. And so I went in with, with some, some type of comfort. And so that's kind of what eased my mind at the end of the day. And so, you know, I had players like Ali Long and um, a few other players come up to me and say, hey, you deserve to be in here. Just mm. be you. Do what you do best on the field. That's why you're here. Don't worry about anybody else that's out here. You worry about you, and you just put in the work, and you're going to be fine. And so receiving information like that from some of the girls was just really eye-opening, and it was just really cool because, you know, sometimes you don't want to worry about what other players are doing and thinking to yourself, oh, should I be doing that? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to change your game up because it, it could make you potentially make you a worse player. And so... I was able to go into a game, get my first cap, and by the time I got my first touch out of the way, I was like, okay, I'm cool, I'm calm, this is what I've been doing, it's, it's all good. So that was just, it was just an incredible experience, of course, and to have my name on the back of that jersey, and it was just, at the end of the day, a, a true dream come true, and I can't do anything but be thankful. 
And let's be honest here, Jess, too. Alex Morgan is probably the one that was saying, oh, my gosh, Jess McDonald's here. I can't believe it. I'm sure she was in awestruck, be like, holy cow, like, I can't believe Jess is here. So from all the from all the experiences and success you've had in your career, too. But um, uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts about uh, NWSL expansion right now because uh, you played your college soccer at the uh, North, Car- North Carolina at UNC, the, the powerhouse. <laughs> and uh, yeah. they're in the process of putting together uh, North Carolina FC and bidding for an NWSL team as well, which I think is a long time coming. But from someone like you that spends so much time down in that area, when you hear North Carolina finally getting on board with getting an NWSL team, what are your thoughts about that? I think it's absolutely amazing. Just the simple fact that we are expanding this league, that's Mm -hmm. a true accomplishment for for this league specifically because we have we have failed numerous times before this. And so the fact that we are able to add teams, it's just absolutely amazing. And um, for it to be North Carolina just makes it 10 times better because for a lot of us who came out of Chapel Hill, that's sort of a second home to all of us for those who aren't even from there. Exactly. And so for there to be a program to be there, it's just, it's really cool. And it's just amazing to see, see a team, um, coming to the league, coming from there. Talking with Jess McDonald of the Western New York Flash on the shopfootsell.com call-in line. Uh, Jess, one of the things that we had talked to you about last time you were on the show was the the stability aspect of your career, about where you think you were going to continue to move along. You've traveled a lot. You've played for a lot of different teams. But I would safely say that based off of your 2016 performance, I believe you're going to be in New York for a long time. Would you agree with that? Or do you, per se, want to continue <laughs> to stay in New York, I should say? Yes, most certainly, because I came in here with with the team that really wanted me. I, I came in here with sort of that, that leadership role and with that veteran role. And so for me to have sort of that chip on my shoulder, it was great pressure for me because I was able to pass that down to my teammates who I was surrounded by. And to see a great group of girls, especially in the locker room, that's that's where it came from first. And to have also to have a great coach like Paul Riley sort of bring all of these different individuals that no one really knew and to bring us all together, it was just really incredible. And so I I sort of found um I sort of found some peace and like peace of mind here as well, simply because they they took good care of me and the fact that I'm a mom Mm-hmm. They they definitely had my back in that aspect. And so with other teams, it it was a difficult sort of situation for me because I was a mom. And so really? when I came in, yeah, just just, just a tad. And hmm. so it, it sort of made things a little more difficult for me off the field. But, you know, you don't really see that with me on the field because I don't let, obviously, personal things get to me on the field. But I was able to find sort of my comfort zone and um, – you know, we were just very welcomed here, which was really cool. And so the fact that they wanted me, Jess McDonald, to come here and make a difference for this program was just an absolute incredible honor for me just because this is just the first team who who truly believed in me and who wants to keep me. This will be my first time in my entire pro, my entire pro career that I'll be playing for the same team more than one season. Wow. 
Yeah, and so that, that just that just shows how incredible it is for me, at least. I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, when you you know score ten goals and add seven assists on top of that, I think any team would be foolish to uh, to send a player like that statistically, at least, and I'm sure from an overall perspective, out the door. So. Uh, that's obviously uh, going for you. So that's uh, you know, congratulations, of course, for that. Uh, one other thing I'm curious about, Jess, before I let you go, um, I, I recently became a father a couple of weeks ago. My, my first uh, son was born. And I'm curious if you've got any uh, advice for a new dad about uh, raising a son, since you yourself have one. Yeah, just just cherish every moment that you have with him at at this point in time in his life because he's only going to be a baby for so long. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, it it really, at the end of the day, it just takes, it, everything takes patience and it takes repetition, but just obviously continue to be a loving father and everything else will just fall into place. And it, it's just going to be a really cool adventure for you as a, as a new parent, just to see the development of your child and just how much love that you could truly have for, such a tiny human being so that's that's a little bit of little peace of mind I've, I've got for you i'd have to agree with that and i i definitely agree the first uh three weeks of his life have already flown by i feel like i'm like no you were just born what do you mean you're almost a month old i'm like Stop. i know like, yeah i have to start applying for college financial aid next week i feel like it's just it's ridiculous <laughs> i understand trust me <laughs> oh my gosh well jess it's been a blast and uh, we appreciate you taking time on uh to upfront again and we uh we hope to do this again with you sometime soon all right most certainly. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. There goes Jess McDonald on the shopfutsal.com call in line. When we come back, Chris Blakely from Valley USA is going to be here to chat about the Seattle Sounders and, of course, MLS Cup. Will Seattle finally win? Well, I hope not, but I'm sure Chris does. We'll talk to him right after this. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Back inside the Attention Era Media Studios, it's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan today. He'll be back again on Tuesday. So fear not for those of you that are just holding on for Simon to come back. That's someone that actually knows 
soccer and doesn't just spew randomness. Now, I feel like I have a fairly decent grasp of soccer, but uh, Simon is the, the historian on the show, so he, of course, is more insightful. And he's an actor as well, too, so he can put his words together, or at least act like he can put his words together. Ha, see what I did there? Anyway, and uh, give us always a good time. So he'll be back again, but he is actually going to join us in the last segment. Uh, I just got a text from him saying that he is out of his presentation, so we will get a, uh, a first update from him to hear how things went from that. And uh, just get his general thoughts, of course, and uh, talk about MLS Cup. So uh, let's go to Seattle to talk about the Seattle Sounders. And there is nobody better or more qualified to speak about the Seattle Sounders, aside from Seattle Sounders players, of course, than Chris Blakely, the lead editor at Vavil USA. And he is back on the program again. Chris, welcome back, sir. How are we doing? I'm doing well. Uh, just uh, hanging there, ready for Saturday. Let's just put it that way. Ready for Saturday. Is it? Has it hit yeah. you yet that the Sounders are going to play for an MLS Cup on Saturday yet? Uh, you know, yes and no. It's still kind of hard to believe. And honestly, since uh, that Sunday, I've been counting down the days. Of so, course, you know we're we're finally at two now. So <laughs> yes, finally. Um, I do. I also want to say real quick. It seems like lately, every time I come on, Simon's Simon's not around. Is he? Is he mad at me because I'm a Sounders <laughs> fan and I'm playing in the MLS Cup? Uh, I mean, what's going on? You you said it, not me. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. No, Simon is uh, is a busy man, as you know. And uh, I think no, we've I actually had the the flip side as well too. I've been gone, and when he's been on with you true. i think before no, too so but uh i gotta i gotta give him a little bit of a hard time please no i mean his team didn't make the playoffs <laughs> after they won the championship last year i would give him a hard time as well <laughs> and then he can just give me look at me and be like well you're a revolution fan be like yeah well we didn't make the final last year so let's not talk about it so anyway true. that's it's not about me it's not about what new england has to do which is a lot um <laughs> speaking of which i was going to ask you about seattle and i just looked down at uh, mlssoccer.com and i see that michael Par- parkhurst has been traded to atlanta um so that's interesting. Uh, yeah. uh, news what, to me. <laughs> yeah, I just news to me as well too. What are your uh, What are your thoughts about that? Before I get into Seattle with you quickly. Well, I could say, uh, well, since you kind of caught me off guard with that one, I don't have too much. But um, Atlanta seems to be making all the right moves. That's for they sure. They do. Yeah, they're going to get uh, Atlanta is getting Parkhurst, and looks like uh, they're just going to get some allocation money sent back to to Columbus. So uh, wow. that's going to be interesting. Parkhurst is 32, um, but still a very capable player, I would have to say. And he's yeah, and he's got experience too. So exactly, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, every new team needs those experienced players, especially on the back line. Yeah, yep, exactly. I don't want to be that guy and jump on the Atlanta United bandwagon quite yet, but part of me is like, this team really seems to know what they're doing. It'd be hard to not be a, a closet or a secondary fan of what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I just hope they succeed. Um, yeah, honestly. Uh, great coach, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, they're making all the right moves. Seems like they're sending all the right players. They they might come out the gate, uh, more, you know, swinging, if you will. They might do pretty well. I mean, they're still got a lot to build on and, and so forth. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm kind of with you too. You know, I don't want to hop on the bandwagon yet, but I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for them. Exactly. And also, exactly. If the Sounders play them on the road, it gives me a reason to go down south to visit my family as well. Oh, so it's perfect. there you go. I'll be like, hey, family, I'm here for you. Actually, no, I'm here to watch Atlanta. But even <laughs> still, either way, I'll, whatever i got to say to get down and have free room and board for a night or two, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about it, Chris. Uh, the Seattle Sounders, more so from their perspective, uh, they take on Toronto FC at BMO Field Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. Is Seattle the favorite in this game, or are they embracing the underdog role? 
Uh, no, I as much. I don't want to be a homer and say they're the. I mean, in Seattle they're the favorite, but everywhere else I don't. They're not. Okay, um, that's kind of what my thought they, has been too. They are, you know, clearly an underdog. Honestly, they've been the underdog all year, which since is kind July, of I feel like. Yeah, exactly. You know, nobody thought they were going to do it. Besides me telling you they were going to do it. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that one, Chris. <laughs> no, they. Uh, yeah, they're definitely the underdog. I mean, they're. They, I'm, if you're into betting, which I'm not, but if you are into that, um, you, <laughs> you know, had a couple bucks all, laying around. Exactly. All the odds are in favor of Toronto. I mean, and it should be. They're playing at home. It's going to be cold. That's the advantage of having a better record and so forth. But you know what? The this whole this entire playoffs, they weren't supposed to beat the Supporters Shield winning FC Dallas. They did that. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to beat the best team at home, and they did that. They completely. I mean, they they had yeah. to. Uh, they you know took a lot of punches, if you will, but they kept answering the the ten count, and they didn't give up anything, and they got that much needed away goal and put them through. So I mean, I. I and Brian Schmetzer, he is so good at keeping his team prepared and focused. And so I'm, yes, on paper they're the underdog, but I think a lot of people are going to be shocked. Yeah, I would, I would have to uh, agree with you on that one for sure. Um, talk to me a little bit about um, Jordan Morris, and if he doesn't show up, what that does for the Sounders. You know, he's had a couple. Now, obviously, the last series against uh, Colorado, he showed up. He scored two goals. Um, he's been kind of. He's been a very, very streaky player, uh, as we all know. He started off the season very slow. Sure. Then had four games in a row with a goal, then slumped and scored the slump. I mean, but Valde, I think the key, I mean, yes, obviously, if Toronto's going to focus on Morris and Ladero uh, and so forth, because obviously they're the two of the better players on the team on the attacking side of sure. things. Um, but also, Toronto's got to be weary of uh, Valdez. Yeah, uh, he's played extremely well these playoffs. And that game, that second leg game against Colorado, he did exactly what needed to be do- done. He held up the ball, allowed the other players to get into the attack. Um, but honestly, though, with I think Morris, he'll in, in the game he gets streaky as well, from what I've noticed. Mm. Um, but a lot of people don't understand also is what, how much defense he plays. Yeah, it's true. He, he does, he is, especially <laughs> being on the wing. He come, he is good at tracking back. And if you want going once again going back to the Colorado game, even after he got banged up after taking those cleats to the knee on his on his game winning goal, he just came back on the field and he's still tracking 70, 80 yards back to play defense. Hmm. So I mean, even if he's not doing it on the offensive side, he's doing it on the defensive side. And I don't think a lot of offensive minded players do. Well, actually, I know they don't. You know, you won't see Josie Altador <laughs> no. run from the penalty spot to the other penalty spot. I didn't do that as a forward either in my career. I was like, thank God either. that. <laughs> I'm like, I'd hang it. I'd stop at midfield if I was lucky. I'd be like, oh, I'll just wait for the ball. It's fine. They got it. Pretty much. Yeah. But granted, he does. He does in the four-two-three-one. He does play the wing, so it is he does, a possibility yeah. to go We're up and down them. Yeah, exactly. And late in the game, he might slide up to the top once they if they have to sub out Valdez. Yep. Um, but. For the first 60, 70 minutes, he's going to be clearly on the left or right uh, wing. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that one, too. I think uh, Jordan Morris, of course, is that that X factor in this game where if he shows up, it'll be a good thing. If he doesn't show up, you know, it could be uh, could be a potential difference. Obviously not as much as what it would be if Nicholas Ladero decides to just not show up. That's a whole nother a whole nother player, of course. But, you know, I, you look at this potential starting lineup, 
Uh, you know, Tyrone Mears, Roman Torres, Chad Marshall, and Jovan Jones. That's a pretty solid back four, but they're going to have to put up with a lot. You're going to have to deal with Jovinko, Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore, Torsten Ricketts, and so many others just barraging the Seattle back four, you know, for 90 minutes. Does, does Seattle have the personnel to do that and not come out on the losing end of things? Um, with Josie, I know he's a very physical player. We saw that in the second leg against Montreal. Yeah. Um, if if he should be playing or not, it's a whole other question. But um, I think, honestly, I really think Torres is that counter to his physicality. Um, Roman is very, very physical in the box. Uh, and obviously, we know how good Chad Marshall is. He's the only three-time MLS Defender of the Year award winner in the history. So. Yeah. Um, I really do. The one Jovan Jones uh, on the left out there, he doesn't. He does a great job of getting forward. Uh, that first game against Dallas, him and Jordan Morris hooked up so many times. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping to see that, uh, especially with Toronto doing a three-five-two, and that's exactly what Dallas did in the first leg, <laughs> a three-five-two. So, it, if you're a Seattle fan, feel very optimistic about that. So, I actually expect Morris to start the game on the left. Now, Mears on the other hand. He's been, since Schmetzer's taken over, he's gotten much better. But the first four months of the season, he was absolutely atrocious. And I mm. was ready to see him just go home. Um, yeah. He's gotten a little bit better. That second leg game against Dallas, I think I believe he had 12 touches all game, which is out is in, in, is crazy for you right <laughs> back to only have 12 touches. Yeah, that so, should not happen. But he he kind of comes and goes. Um, I But... Hopefully he's going to be prepared to be at his best for this game. Mm-hmm, uh, exactly. What I'm most excited about, though, is the two holding defensive midfielders of Alonzo and Roldan. Mm. That's, I think that right there is really going to be the key to the game. Can those two control Giovinco and Bradley? Yes, that if, is that if, is the big thing, and Giovinco and Bradley, Bradley especially, is kind of been all over the place this season. I, Simon and I have been in, exceptionally critical of Michael Bradley in 2016 as a whole, and mm-hmm. um, you know we'll have to see what Michael Bradley shows up uh, on, on, on Saturday night. I, I have to let you go, unfortunately, Chris, but I want a okay. prediction before, uh, before we let you go. What are you thinking? Oh, you just had to do that to me, didn't you? Of course. You, um, you know, God, Sounder fans are going to hate to hear this, but I really think this is going extra time. Mm. Um. I'm thinking 2-1 Seattle. Are you sure? <laughs> it it honestly, I'll make it quick. It really depends on how Alan Ke- Alan Kelly calls the game. If he allows a little bit of physicality to go, that I actually believe that favors Seattle a little bit. Okay, because Alonzo can impose his will in the midfield. Yes. If he's calling if he's calling fouls quickly and issuing yellow cards it might swing to toronto mm. but i'm i'm gonna stick with it two to one seattle okay well you heard it here first and real quickly before we let you go uh where can people find your work and find you on social media uh vevelusa.com soccer section um and social media i'm on twitter at the real c blakely and that's uh, b-l-a-k-e-l-y fantastic chris always a pleasure and uh we'll have to talk to you next week or the week after to see uh just how things shook up and to get your raw reaction all right well, depending on the outcome, it might take me two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Chris. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Max. All right. Final break. When we come back, Simon Proven will be here. You're not going to want to miss it. He'll chat with me briefly on the phone and uh, offer his prediction as well, too. He did offer it on Tuesday, but I'm going to have him see just in case he changed his mind. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Back right after this.
Welcome back to the Attention Era Media Studios. This is Baxter Colburn. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. And uh, we are back on the show, rolling right along to close out things. Great conversation with Chris Blakely there from Valley USA. Always good to get his thoughts and opinions about uh, the soccer world, especially anything to do with the Seattle world. Uh, we are joined on the phone by the man, Simon Provan, fresh off of his presentation. And I can still hear the cheer in the background there, Simon. They must have loved you. How did uh, how'd everything go? <laughs> it actually did go fantastic. Great. It was, uh, it was good. Yeah, I was I was talking about the last two years I've been out in Oregon doing some actor training and getting certified in that type of actor training. Oh, okay. Um, so now, so now I I teach it here and where I work, and uh, because the school paid for all of it, they asked me to give a presentation on it. So you know, I thought it was it was fair enough to yeah <laughs> to, to meet that requirement. Yeah, <laughs> I mean when when it's when somebody else is paying the bills, you might as well. Yeah, you know, the least you could do would you know would be to humor them, I guess, yeah. and do a little something nice for them. So well, that's fantastic. Right. Huh? So. so you know, just to clarify, um, Chris Blakely, I, I'm not afraid of you at all. <laughs> I'll take you on time, buddy. Ooh, here we go. I'm, I'm curious now. We'll have, to take, we'll have to get him back on again next week and see. Um, you can give him your, your raw thoughts and feelings based off of how Seattle does on, on Saturday night. You did take Seattle to win on Tuesday. Have you changed your mind at all yet uh, about everything there, Simon? You know, I haven't. And in fact, Chris and I gave the exact same prediction. I also said 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. But thinking about the weather, Baxter... Thinking about how hard that ball is going to be, um, I'm actually going to up that. I- I'm going to up it severely, and people are going to laugh at me, and I'll probably laugh at myself later. But uh, the way Toronto has been scoring goals, and the way Seattle has been playing, the goalkeepers and defense are going to have a very tough time mm-hmm. stopping this bowling ball of a ball. So I'm actually I'm going to up the score line. I agree with Chris that it will be an extra time game, but I think it's going to be more like three two Seattle. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely could see that taking place. And I think that would be more entertaining overall, too, to see uh, multiple goals from each team and kind of a, a back-and-forth sort of affair as a whole. Yeah, you know, it, it all depends on on how that cold weather affects them. You know, Toronto's up there already. So in that final that we had with, uh, who was it, Sporting Kansas City, and who, who did they play? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my gosh, who the heck did they play? Was it RSL? Yeah. No, I think it was RSL. I think so. Um, you would expect it had been. No, it couldn't have been. Oh wait, yeah, was yeah, that, that the was, year that RSL was, represented was, the East Conference? That was one of those weird years. That, well, that was no, that was back when um, when Sporting was still in the East before the expansion. Oh, uh, is that what? Okay, okay, because yep. there was that one year where, if you remember, where the, the seeding didn't really matter what the conferences, and because the West had one extra seed over the East. That team then represented the East. I don't know if you remember that, but vaguely, but I do. Yes. It was one of those quirky, one yep. of those quirky MLS things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, vaguely, yep, anyway, going back to the weather, I think it depends on on how they handle, like I said, this heavy ball. And you know, you had mentioned about Ladero being great with restarts. While we also see Javinko being great on restarts, so yes. I think there's there's a, there's a very strong possibility we do see a lot of goals. Yeah, and I think that would be uh, I think that would be just fine for for most fans as long as their team, of course, comes out on the uh, the winning side of things. Uh, when you when you look at this game and you you kind of look forward as well to I mean do we do we agree that the I don't know if the two best teams is that the right way to to place it when you look at a final people are always judging oh did the two best teams make it or did the two most deserving teams or I don't really know how to break down this final and say oh I think these these two teams are blank you know in MLS and they do deserve to be there I don't I don't know do they I think you have a Look, I think you have a stronger argument for Toronto in that case than yes. you do Seattle. Now, that said, obviously, when Ziggy 
was let go and Ladero was brought in, Seattle has been hot since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely have taken advantage of every single opportunity that came their way. Um, but, you know, if you put this in long-term perspective, I think FC Dallas perhaps has the brightest future in the Western Conference considering how powerful they are and yet how young they are. Agreed, yeah. Um, whereas Toronto, you know... Most of us, I think, were picking them halfway through the season to go all the way to the Cup. Oh, yeah. They were rolling through the Eastern Conference, and a lot of folks, I mean, you and I, I think both as well, were just like, this Toronto team is scary. And I think, as I, and back when we still thought the Red Bulls, of course, were going to make it as well, too. We're like, this is going to be a, you know, a battle between if the Red Bulls or TFC are going to be able to come out of the East, and then they didn't even have to deal with each other, which was kind of a funny thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, to your question, are these the two best teams? And I, I don't, you know, it's tough to argue against Seattle too when you when you when you consider the last third of their season. Yeah, what they've they, gone they've through been to get the here. best since then. Yeah, so I, you know, even though they, you know, I know Chris was mentioning that they're probably the underdog in this one. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't think there was much of an underdog. These are two pretty even teams. You know, Seattle has a stronger defense than Toronto. Toronto's got a more explosive offense. Yep. Uh, Seattle perhaps has a little bit better of a goalkeeper than Toronto does. Uh, but then you look at the, the the way Toronto's been playing in their three five two, how well they've used that to expose defensive holes. Uh, you know, so really, I don't think you could ask for a much more balanced final on paper than what we're getting on Saturday. I'd agree with you on that one. All right. Well, one other thing before we let you go, Simon, uh, before we have to wrap up the show, uh, North Carolina FC and uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies announcing MLS aspirations. Uh, do you like it? Do you not like it? And and why? I uh, Here we go. All right. I'll keep this <laughs> short. First of all, I had I'm to so ask. Sick of these F- I had to ask. I'm so sick of these bland FC names, Baxter. Mm-hmm. North Carolina FC. On top of that, if you haven't looked at their logo, make sure you look up their logo. It I like looks it. like uh, okay. Uh, to me, it looks like they they wanted to have MLS logo point two. Yeah, I can see that. Um, as far as Tampa Bay, I, I think it's cool, but their stadium design is well, unique. If, if you look at their stadium design, you got. One side of the field, the whole half doesn't have seats. And then on the other side of the stadium, you have a quarter of a field that doesn't have seats. I don't mind Tampa Bay bidding for an MLS franchise. I think I think times are different since the mutiny closed up shop. Yes. Um, but you got to come up with a better design because I think the atmosphere, I don't care that most of that stadium would end up being covered. There's still, to me, it looks like there's half a stadium missing. So <laughs> I just don't buy into the. Uh, the that there would be a great atmosphere down there. Yeah, no, I would agree with that, too. Looking at the rendering again, to it, I, that was my first thought. I was like, well, this is unique. I was like, I don't I don't know if I like it, but it's unique, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's always interesting to see uh, all these teams trying to, trying to get in. And, of course, the more teams you add, then that promotion relegation talk, of course, gets even louder and louder. And then you got to deal with all of that, of course, which you and I love well, to talk yeah. about. And there's, there is one thing I do want to talk about, Baxter. I don't yep. know if you guys talked about this during the uh, kick-around from, uh, you know, obviously brought to you by Too Much Metal, um, but LAFC has linked up with uh, USL's Orange County to uh, yeah, basically yep. have I them as that. their affiliate. Yeah, that's fantastic. I thought that that was a, a good uh, good move from them. And LAFC, and uh, we talked about Atlanta briefly as well, too, and everything that they're sure. doing. They, uh, they traded for Michael Parkhurst as well, which is, I think, I cool. saw that. I saw that right before I came on, too. Yeah, that's, uh, man, Atlanta's doing everything right off the field. Yeah. Except, yeah. For their, except for their name and their logo. Everything <laughs> else is... Uh, 
pretty respectable. Except for their very being as a whole. They're doing fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, Simon, uh, any final thoughts before we let you run, sir? Hey, I, you know, I, I am really excited about this final. I, I hope the cold weather doesn't become too much of a detrimental thing to this game. But for the fact that you're looking at Josie Eltador, Michael Bradley, Jordan Morris all being on the same field, yep. you're seeing Nicholas Ladero, you're seeing uh, Sebastian Javinko on the same field. This, hopefully, is what the future of the league continues to look like. Uh, uh, U.S. national team players playing their hearts out, younger DPs that will help this league grow, two very strong teams and a wonderful atmosphere that's going to be up in Toronto. So I, I couldn't be more stoked about this final, Baxter. Exactly. I am thrilled about it as well, too. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be down at Moran's Pub Saturday night to go and uh, give it a gander, so I'm excited for that. Awesome. All right, Simon, you have I a great will, uh, weekend, sir. Yeah, you too, Baxter. Enjoy the game. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, all right? Sounds good, bud. All right, there goes Simon Provan on the shopfutsal.com call in line. Special thanks to him and, of course, our three fantastic guests today, Melissa Henderson from the Houston Dash, Jess McDonald of the Western New York Flash, and Chris Blakely from Vavil USA. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it by going to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, and listening to it on demand right there. You can also, of course, find it on iHeartRadio and iTunes as well. All right, when we come back on Tuesday, we'll have all that recap action for you about MLS Cup, and Simon and I will be back in the studio together, and life will be back to normal again. As normal as it can be, of course. For Simon Provan, I'm Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are two up front. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. Tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby. Um, Mr. Vitale, it wouldn't be a miracle because GEICO gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim. That's going to be a nail-biter. Nope. The GEICO team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. GEICO is awesome, baby, with a capital A. GEICO. Great service without all the drama. 911, what's your emergency? Um, um, this, this car, an SUV, it, 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 was, it was going across, it went around, it went around the barrier and, and the train. Oh, God. Ma'am, did a train hit an SUV? Is that what happened? Yes, it's, the train is still going. The train is going and the car, I can't believe it. You can't judge the speed of an approaching train. That's why the signals are there. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA.